Hello and happy Thursday. You're listening to Offbeat Grad. My name is Sam and today this will be a quicker episode, but I saw an interesting piece of news and I want to talk about it. So welcome to um, Sam Talks About the News. So today I was browsing Google News as one does and I found about, I found about <laughs> this interesting law in California um, called the AB5 and it is a freelancer law. Um, it's only in California. It was passed and it won't be implemented till January 1st, 2020. But I think it is so interesting that this has passed and there's a lot of debate over like what it means and how it could be the end of the world for freelancers, but also the alternative could be worse. Like there's a debate, but like I'm gonna take a side. But anyway, um, it's so interesting and I actually hadn't heard about this. So I feel like I was left out of this discussion and now I'm catching up. So let's talk about California's AB5 employment law. So first disclaimer, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a politician, I don't even live in California. So most of this will not apply to me and I'm not an expert and I did like a pretty minimal amount of research. So I'm going to explain it as best as I can, but at the same time, I'm not going to take a very deep stance here. So basically, what is this law? In case you didn't know, like I didn't. So basically, this new law is basically a way for employers to reclassify um, freelancers or contractors because it says under the law that they need to start giving them basically um, employment benefits. So the basics around the um, law, Bill, hello, are <laughs> that now if you have someone who's a contractor, quote unquote, and they do more than 35 like separate invoices or like jobs with you a year, you need to reclassify them as an employee and offer benefits. So as you can see, this is a bit of a tricky issue. So this actually came from this one court ruling because I was like, why did they do this? Um, so apparently in 2018, the California Supreme Court actually ruled in favor of workers for this case that's called Dynamex Operations West versus Superior Court. Um, that sounds fancy, but what it really means is there was like this one company, it was a delivery company that hired out drivers and these drivers were contractors, but they had to wear a company uniform and they had to like use their own cars and all this stuff. So basically they ended up doing all kinds of business that sort of wasn't really related to like their actual contractor gig, quote unquote. And they weren't classified as employees, so they didn't have any kind of like clear protections and that they took it to court and I mean, they won good for them. And in that case, I totally see the issue because it sounds like that company was way overstepping the boundaries, making them drive their own vehicles, etc, etc. But then it gets into tricky territory because you also got like Uber drivers and Lyft drivers who are also classified as contractors, but they're using their own cars and they don't have employment protections and like, oh my god, the, it's Pandora's box over here. So a lot of people have been speaking out. There's been some good drama on Twitter. So basically in September, um, a freelance journalist was the first one to reach out and he was like, hey, at the chick who did the bill that I, I don't know her name. He was like, hey, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, why would you do this? Because um, like journalists and people in all these professions, like now this is making it so much harder for us to find jobs, like hello. And she, <laughs> she basically responded saying that actually this is better for freelancers because now you're more likely to have steady employment and like job protections. And now there's like an incentive for organizations to offer benefits. And I see what she's saying. I see it. 
but I also think it's stupid, which is maybe bold and maybe stupid, but I, I don't trust companies. I've been working in retail for too gosh darn long to have a positive view of like how employees or employers treat their employees. And I know for a fact they don't care about their employees in most cases, and they're not going to do this. <laughs> they're just not. Um, so the issue is now a lot of um, employers, especially freelancers, um, Lyft drivers, Uber drivers, etc., they're saying that they have a really hard time finding gigs because whereas it would have been easier to find clients in the past, now clients are not willing to work with them because they don't want to offer them all these protections. So what a time to be alive. Um, obviously, this is really challenging. Um, there was one freelancer who's like, he shared a story and he said he had a 40% decline in his freelance income since September. And I think that's really extreme, but I understand what he's saying. And so under this law, you're only limited to 35 yearly submissions per client. And then that client has to put him on payroll. But like, they're not going to do that because companies don't want to hire you full time. So they're just going to cut corners. Most likely what they will end up doing is just hiring more freelancers and never reaching that 35 limit. So they're basically discouraging long term work with clients, which is basically the gold mine of freelancing. So I find that very upsetting. Um, it's really interesting. And I'm a bit alarmed now because I have some clients based in California. So I'm wondering how this will affect this <laughs> will it affect me i don't know but apparently other states like new york and new jersey are also considering similar laws and i really hope they don't um i'm really confused at where this will go um but i could see how this would like really squeeze income and decline like business <laughs> options so there are some extension exemptions exemptions to this so if you're a freelancer who like is a freelance architect doctor insurance agent or truck driver you're apparently excluded, which I guess makes sense. Who's a freelance doctor, first of all? But I guess if you're just like, I don't know, an insurance agent or like a truck driver, like 35 is a weird limit. But um, I'm not feeling it is what I have to say. Um, I understand the push to like make some kind of uh, employers actually offer benefits. But I feel like freelancing is such a tricky situation because no, I don't get insurance and like I don't get paid time off, etc. But also I get paid more because I know my salary, what it would be if I was like working at a traditional full-time gig in Orlando in the similar job, like I wouldn't get paid probably half this much. And at the same time, yes, it's nice to have like the job security and all those protections and I totally see the appeal but I can understand why companies, especially smaller businesses, because this will mostly hurt smaller businesses, wouldn't be willing to hire out long-term freelancers because they don't want to <laughs> do that. And I think for maybe smaller businesses that only have maybe one or two big projects a year that need to do freelancer business, um, it could be an issue because... I don't, for them, it might not be physically possible to hire someone full-time or even part-time and offer these benefits. Meanwhile, a freelancer is a great resource for on a temporary basis. I don't know how that, I guess it would be okay under the 35, but it really wouldn't like long-term. I don't know. I'm just tangled in this. 
And another part of this bill that I find interesting is that there's an exception to the 35 rule. So actually, if you're doing work for a company that's seen as a core capability, you have to be paid as an employee. So what this means is like if you're doing copywriting work for like a company that exclusively like does communications, then you should be an employee. But that doesn't, I mean, no. And then, <laughs> what? Um, and so a lot of people are criticizing this because they say that people like companies will hire out of state freelancers or want to work remotely with people, which is totally true. And I think that's such a perk of the gig economy is that you can you can work from anywhere. And when you have these funky state laws, you just sort of get caught in the crosshairs. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I feel like... Ugh, legislators really should have done something like why why um i don't think they really talked to freelancers or understood the situation before they did this and i regret that um someone said that they're actually going to start it's going to like impact writers first because it makes so much sense because writers um usually 35 is a pretty small number for writers like if you're talking about web design or a tech project like most likely those will take weeks and weeks or months to create one project so that could you could probably not ever reach the 35 limit but with writers I would hit that in a month and I see that being an issue <laughs> obviously um I just don't like it so it, it either means that in order for someone to be paid as a business, like that freelancer or like the solo contractor, they're gonna have to be more set up like a business, which means you probably wouldn't be able to be, um, like what is it called, a sole proprietor. You would probably need to actually incorporate or have some kind of limited liability um, situation so that you're not actually going to be basically penalized in this way. And I just think that's bogus, and I'm confused, and I'm not about it. And I understand what they're trying to do, um, but I don't think this was the solution. So basically, the, the overarching theme is, like, there's no one-size-fits-all, like, policy on this. So you can't just be like, oh, these random truck drivers, like, driving their vans, and they, for some reason, it didn't work for them. Obviously, it didn't. That sounded horrible. But that sounds like a, sort of an isolated incident. I'm sure this does happen in other capacities, but you can't just apply the same blanket solution to literally everyone, because it's not going to work, and <laughs> it ain't great. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, I just found that really crazy. Um, I'm against it, obviously. I think that's a really, really badly written law that doesn't really take into account, like, how freelancing works and why it works and um, why it's a good alternative to a traditional business. I feel like they're sort of pushing people towards more traditional roles, and I don't like that because why would I like that? I just, I think that's horrible. Um, the reason I chose freelancing is to get out of traditional roles, and I knowingly gave up those protections that I would have in another role, and I feel like they're sort of taking that away, at least in California. But it's interesting to think how that might spread. And I hope it doesn't. But in the meantime, now you're all aware, I highly encourage you to um, research the AB5 law a little bit more because as freelancers, I have never seen a law impact us so severely. And it's a bit scary. Like, I, I didn't know legislatures, like, cared about us. Like, what are we doing? I, where, why do they suddenly care? But I guess they do. And it's weird. So let's fight this let's tweet about it let's um google it at the very least and let's just keep an eye on it i would love to touch back in about this in january or february once it's actually in practice um 
and see what happens. Hopefully they'll change their mind. Hopefully they'll be like, oop, we messed up and they'll backtrack. But in the meantime, all we can do is just follow it. Um, if you work in California as a freelancer, I would really recommend you look into this and maybe talk to your clients about it and see what you're gonna do. Um, hopefully it will all be fine and we will all live happily ever after. But in the meantime, have a very productive week. I'll see you next week. Bye.